This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of the Raw Reaction Show. Joining you the morning after Arsenal's 1-0 defeat. Not had to say that too many times this season. To Manchester City in the fourth round of the FA Cup. I am currently in different surroundings and you'll probably be able to hear different type of audio. Apologies that it's not the usual crisp sound of my studio back home because uh, I'm in a hotel in Manchester. So I can only apologise for the difference there. So I hope you can forgive that slight change. And of course, this isn't the usual 8am uh, show because I'm having to pre-record this. I've got a very early train today as well. But I didn't want to leave you without any content and without any thoughts. And of course, without any show for your morning journey at 8am, even though it's a Saturday. Um, but uh, here it is. So if you could drop a like on the video, I really would appreciate it. And of course, subscribe to the channel if you are indeed new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. So Arsenal's game last night against Man City. I was there first time at the Etihad. It was, it's an impressive stadium. It's not an impressive atmosphere. All of the myths and legends that have been said about how bad the atmosphere at the Etihad is, is completely true. Uh, a really dead ground. And you have to say, first of all, massive fair play to the Arsenal supporters who were brilliant. They really did deserve a goal, um, really did. And we got close a few times and we'll go into that shortly. But yes, the the away crowd were insanely impressive. Uh, I mentioned it a few times in the match day blog of how good they were. It's a shame that we couldn't get a, a better result to match the away performance. But they were royally clapped by 99% of the squads uh, after the game. Again, we'll talk about that shortly. But uh, to talk about the game and the selection, first of all, I was quite surprised with how much Mikel Arteta rotated in comparison to Pep Guardiola. I thought he might rotate between two and four players, but to see the number of changes that he made was very surprising. Of course, Turner, Tomiyasu, Holding, Tierney uh, all came in in terms of the back five. And then looking at the forward line, Trossard, of course, started Fabio Vieira in place of Odegaard and then the usual suspects of Saka and Ketia, Xhaka and Partey were there. I felt, I felt as though had Saliba started the game instead of holding, I would have felt fine with the lineup. And holding was my big kind of concern before the game kicked off. And 
That was almost verified immediately. Uh, there was a few moments at the beginning of the game between Erling Haaland and Holding that really left me a bit on edge. Uh, There's a couple of misplaced passes. Haaland like, looked like he was outstrengthening, um, holding a fair bit in a number of occasions. And there's especially a moment in the first half where they were both tugging at each other's shirt. Haaland went down and Paulini, of all people, who's not been the nicest referee to us in recent past, actually blew for an Arsenal free kick, which I was very, very surprised about indeed. Um, but he managed to get to half-time without really uh, looking too threatening uh, and holding was on a yellow card. So it was unsurprising to see him go off. But I wasn't, I wasn't happy with the performance of holding. And I think it did kind of highlight the difference between our starting centre-backs and, uh, and our most experienced one in holding. Uh, in contrast... I was very impressed with Matt Turner, exceptionally impressed, in fact. I thought his anticipation was great. The way in which he came out from the goal on a number of occasions was really good. That's something I think Ramsdale could be better at at times, although we've not had to have him running into those situations, really, because usually the defence is, is so good that you don't have to rely on your goalkeeper to bail you out of those situations. But when he was called upon, he was quick, uh, he was decisive, and he came out and cleared the ball on a number of occasions. The, the, there's a couple on Haaland that he had that were very good. Of course, the overhead kick from Haaland when uh, it didn't fall, the clearance didn't fall in the right way, but I thought Turner still dealt with it. And it gave me a lot of confidence, say, if something was to happen to Aaron Ramsdale, that we've got a, a guy like Matt Turner coming in to back him up. He's come a long, long way, I think, since he first arrived at the club. I was really impressed with his US uh, performances at the World Cup, and I think that's probably bled into some really good uh, training sessions and now, of course, this game here. So I thought Matt Turner was was really good. Of course, in the first half, we had a number of opportunities. Takahiro Tomiyasu had a great chance that was saved uh, by Ortega, who I thought also had a very good game in the Man City goal. And Leandro Trossard was probably our most threatening uh, player in the first half. So direct, really good with the ball at his feet, loves taking players on, turned John Stones and Rico Lewis inside out a number of times. And he, of course, tested Ortega with a left-footed shot. You'll probably remember that statistic that he's taken as many right-footed shots as left-footed shots. And so that was, uh, I think, something to really focus on. And, and that looks exciting for the future. That said, I did think Trossard in the second half faded quite quickly. He wasn't the same type of player that we saw in the first half. Martinelli, of course, came on for him. And then immediately we looked like we were back up with high energy again. And it's going to be able to... That's, that's, that's a great sign, if you think about it that way. Because if a player dips, you've got a competitive option to come on uh, or vice versa in terms of Martinelli if he's not on it you can bring on Trossard. So I think that that is a really good thing to take away from this game, despite the fact the result not going our way. Eddie Nketiah was, was fairly quiet. He had to feed off a couple of low-driven crosses at times, getting his foot onto them and arguably too much. It was a really good opportunity, uh, opportunity for him in the second half. Curling effort came in, and I think it was Emmerich Laporte that managed to get a, a toe to the cross. But Nketiah, I thought, was a bit quieter than what he usually is during games and what we've come to expect from him this season. Bakaya Saka, I can probably say similar of. Uh, it probably was not one of his best performances and wasn't really his kind of his Premier League title-chasing mindset, perhaps. And maybe that's fair of the squad as well. And probably Man City too. The game lacked a lot of energy. The game lacked its intensity. It didn't feel like the league meeting between these two whatsoever. It certainly didn't feel like the game that we had at the Emirates last January. Um, and I just think that maybe there was an element of, well, it's the FA Cup and if we win, great. But if we go out... It's not the end of the world. That's kind of how it felt during the day. But uh, ultimately, Man City did manage to get the win. It came from a brilliant effort from Julian Alvarez uh, that hit the post. 
and then eventually falling to Ake. Arsenal should have perhaps done better to try and clear the second ball after it did hit the post and stop Grealish from playing it inside to Ake. Big questions about Sambi Lekonga, I'll talk about shortly. But Ake's right-footed strike uh, into the bottom corner actually was in the mix zone after the game and Ake stopped for the Man City reporters and he was a bit surprised to see that he managed to get a goal in with his right foot. I didn't actually manage to speak to anyone after the game. The Arsenal players typically this season haven't really wanted to stop after losses and draws. No one stopped after the Southampton game. We didn't speak to anyone, of course, uh, earlier in the season as well after the Manchester uh, United loss. Um, So, yeah, that was disappointing that none of the Arsenal players like. But it, it is that mindset. You know, they're in a situation where they are all desperate to win. And when they don't win and they've not had to feel this all that often this season... They're not really in the mood to talk to people like me, which I can absolutely accept. But I hope that they will turn things around at Everton when I'll be there as well. And we can try and get some words with some of the players after the game once again. So, But let's talk about the, the key things. Uh, I think Thomas Partey, of course, at halftime coming off injured with what we're told is a rib injury. He's set to go under an MRI scan today. We're hoping that that's not going to be too serious. I was speaking to Dr. Raj Bra, of course, who's part of our Eat Sleep Arsenal repeat podcasts. Um, and he said that they can vary significantly with ribs. Hopefully, it's not too bad because it's not like an injury with a muscular leg injury or a groin or a hip injury or something like that. If it is an impact injury with the ribs, you'd hope that it was a minor problem that would heal with some rest. Maybe he misses one or two games. And I know I'm speaking very optimistically here and I'm kind of willing a lack of injury into existence, but He's just so important and key to us that we need to make sure that he's back and available as soon as possible. And it also puts more pressure on the transfer window. After the game, we saw Moises Caicedo tweet what will probably go down as now an infamous message to social media where he was saying that he wants to leave. Uh, He didn't specifically name Arsenal in his post, but a number of outlets have already claimed that it is indeed Arsenal that he wants to join. There's Some even have claimed that he's agreed a five-year deal with the club already. It's going to be a very interesting end to the window. And of course, we'll discuss that and plenty more on the Arsenal transfer show tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. And any updates that happen throughout today. Um, focusing back on the game, Sammy Lukonga came on and immediately looked different to the rest of the side. It's probably fair to say. He did not look on anywhere near the same level of what we had with Thomas Partey. And actually, at the final whistle, myself and Kaya and a number of the out, uh, journalists there were kind of saying, well, If Thomas Partey was available for us in the second half, and I think Arteta probably felt the same, we would have got a much better result from this one. But again, going to Manchester, a half without Thomas Partey leaves you a little bit more exposed. And of course, we didn't have him at United and they were able to hit us on the break and they scored in the City. Again, without uh, Thomas Partey, we conceded again in Manchester. And Le Congo really was, positioning-wise, pretty poor defensively. He did do some good things in the second half. There were some little interchanges of play on the right-hand side. His passing got more confident. But at the full-time whistle, he walked, uh, according to the videos that I've checked. I didn't actually spot it in the stadium. So if this is wrong, I can only apologise. But from what the videos I've been seeing across social media have claimed, that he didn't clap the fans and he walked straight down the tunnel. Now, according to information from France, Arsenal actually received an €8 million Euro bid from Monaco for Le Conga yesterday. That was rejected whether or not with the potential incoming of Moises Caicedo, if that is indeed a deal that can get done, if Arsenal would be more open to allowing him to leave, uh, that he would move. I think he does need to play regularly, but I just think with Elneny's serious injury, and there is an expectation that Elneny might be out for some time, I'm not sure we can afford to let Lokonga go in this situation. There's a lot of people that have questioned maybe why he played, why Arteta made as many changes as he did. I certainly was one of those. Um, 
But there was a good point made, I think, by a number of people, including Kaya, um, that when are you going to play them? When are you going to be able to put these players in? When is Holding going to play? When is when is Lekonga going to play? When is Vieira going to play? Because we've got this Premier League title race. Europa League action doesn't restart until March. And that's a long way away. It's, more, you know, it's nearly two months away till we've got Europa League, or less than two months away till we've got Europa League action. Um, FA Cup-wise, we're going to be playing good teams if we'd have progressed. So when are you going to play these guys? You've got to give them minutes. You've got to keep the dressing room, you know, motivated and happy. And you do that by giving players that haven't been getting too many minutes time. So I understood the reasons behind the rotation. It was frustrating that we could maybe have gone a bit stronger. But uh, with Lukonga, it's really difficult to see him making it at Arsenal at this point, especially when you consider what would be in link with Declan Rice and Caicedo, of course. Ibrahim Abamba has been mentioned a lot too and could be one for the summer, according to reports in Italy. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very difficult situation for, for Lukonga to see his future at Arsenal. Arteta looked very agitated with some of his plays on the touchline. And as I say, walking off the field at full time, of course, he's going to be upset and annoyed. And it's a very normal thing for players to do that. But it's not, you don't want to see that. You know, it's not the best thing to have to see. So Lukonga's performance was certainly in question. And, and there will be further inquiries, I'm sure, about the, uh, the fallout to this. Um, but we'll have to wait and see on that. Uh, so what does this mean overall? Well, of course, uh, with Arsenal going out of the competition, they have less games to play, which is never a bad thing, especially when it's Manchester City that are going to be playing more games. You would think they're absolutely now the favourites for the competition. And they went very strong in this game. You know, Pep Guardiola, I think, wanted to lay down a marker. And coming out of the game, I was thinking, well, I don't think this result necessarily kind of puts Arsenal in a situation where they're like, well, there you go. You know, so you come up against City and you've lost. I don't think this is like that. If City had won 3-4-0 or something like that and had absolutely blasted our set, a lot of second-string players from Arsenal, we could have been like, well, yeah, it's going to be tough for that league game. But actually, I thought after the game, well, you know, this is what we can do with a half-changed team and we're going to be at home in the next fixture uh, in a game with much more riding on it and much more intensity and a, a crowd behind them at the Emirates as well. I think that Arsenal have got a fantastic opportunity. And I actually think that this game, if anything, should give Arsenal more encouragement and confidence that they can go into that game against Manchester City at home and try and take all three points from it. City are going to be motivated, absolutely. And they'll probably be coming out of this game going, you know, we've beaten them once, we can beat them again. But it is going to be a different monster with, fingers crossed, Partey back, Erdegaard in the starting eleven, Saliba, of course, in the starting eleven, Ramsdale. Um, Martinelli coming in or Trossard. I genuinely be happy with either of Trossard or Martinelli starting. I think both are really viable options for us. Zinchenko coming in. I mean, as soon as Zinchenko came on yesterday, the game changed for us. Arsenal looked far more in control. They looked more dangerous on the forward line. Xhaka looked more comfortable playing with his usual left-back inverted partner. He's huge for us. And he got a huge round of applause uh, as well. It was probably one of the biggest noises bar the goal that the City fans made during the entire game was when Zinchenko actually came onto the field. So you can tell he's still very much liked there, as I'm sure that Gabriel Jesus would have been given a very similar um, ovation had he come off the bench too, uh, and if he were available. So yes, that is where we're at with things. We're out of the competition, but it does mean that we can focus very much more on the Premier League and, of course, the Europa League still to come. I, I do kind of want to progress. I wanted to progress last night. I would have liked to see us go through. I think it would have given us a great opportunity to win the FA Cup once again, of course, because City would have been out, Chelsea are out, Newcastle are out. And you don't want to give the opportunity to someone like Spurs to win that competition, do you? So it would have been nice, but I think we can take plenty of positives from this fixture. And I'm very happy indeed. I'm fingers crossed now going to be able to go smoothly back 
down south. There's been lots of train issues up here. Lots of fans I know weren't actually able to make it because of the train situation and some were really late to the game. I'm hoping that there's not going to be too many problems, although there is expectations that there will be. So keep your fingers crossed for me that I make it back all right. Of course, I'll be bringing you tomorrow morning uh, the 8am Arsenal transfer show. I'll be reacting to more news that drops today. Of course, there hopefully will be more updates on the lines of Moises Caicedo. Arsenal, yes, they had a bid of £60 million rejected almost immediately by Brighton. Just to give you kind of my information and my understanding on the situation, having spoken to a couple of people that I know, uh, not close to the Arsenal side, but close to the Brighton side. They're still very confident that Brighton will be headstrong with this. They're still very confident that Brighton will indeed hold out. I am hopeful, though, and I'm hopeful that the Caicedo message and the discussions that he's having is going to encourage Arsenal to go back in with a very serious second offer and that Brighton will seriously consider it. The problem that Brighton have is that they don't have a replacement available. Now, Caicedo mentioned in his message that hopefully the money is able to bring him in uh, reinforcements, of course. He wants to move. He wants to go on to Arsenal. He wants to be part of this title-winning team, as we're told. But getting the deal done is still going to be very difficult and very expensive. And if Arsenal want to get it done, they may have to go upwards of their record signing of Nicola Pepe. So it's going to be a very, very big final. One, two, three, four. No, three days that are left in the window. Anyway, that's going to round things off for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you're new. And of course, turn those notifications on so you never miss a shot. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow morning, as I say, at 8am. Enjoy your weekend. No Arsenal, of course. Remember, you can relax and, and watch Spurs get knocked out. Fingers crossed. Uh, anyway, have a fantastic day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.